The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Remain standing. Take your Bibles. Turn to 2 Samuel. Chapter 23. Appreciate our worship team. I think it's a little warm in here. Do you think it's warm in here? Yeah, we just turned the fans on. If our ushers to kick open these front doors, it'll cool off in no time. 2 Samuel chapter 23. Bless God. I so enjoy worshiping with you and enjoying his presence. 2 Samuel 23, find verse 8 if you would. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 8. I think we'll go through verse 17. Let's read the word of the Lord. And these are the names of the mighty men who David had. Josheb, Beshebeth, the Takashmite. <laughs> okay. Chief among the captains, he was called Aedo, the Ezanite, because he killed 800 men at one time. Dude killed 800 men at one shot. Wouldn't want to meet him in an alley, would you? After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Hoahite, one of the three mighty men with David. When they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to the plunder. Verse 11, after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Aharahite, the Philistine had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Verse 13. Then three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam, the troop of the Philistines in camp at the valley of Rephaim. And David, pardon me, David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water, the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem, that was there at the gate, and they took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out into the Lord. And he said, Far be it for me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is it not the blood of men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do, what you have done already, and in the moments that remain in our service tonight. 
I pray that you would speak ever so clearly to us. Give us ears to hear and hearts to respond, what you would say to the church tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I've entitled the message, The Devoted. The Devoted. Devotion is not something you hear too often in our world today. To be devoted, a devoted lover of God. These men were devoted to David. David is the, the, the worshiping king. Tremendous. King David's one of my heroes, really, except for the issue with Bathsheba. How is it that David became so successful as a king? I think the key is found here in these verses, specifically in verse 10. It says, pardon me, of first uh, 10 of chapter 11, First Chronicles, let me read it to you. First Chronicles 11, verse 10. Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Literally, there's a group of men that were totally devoted to the Lord, totally devoted to David, and totally devoted to seeing his kingdom established so much so that they risked life and limb and everything that they were to see that come about. I believe that God is going to bring us a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. It will not happen without people that are wholly devoted to the Lord. It will not happen by some half-hearted, half-stepping, uncommitted, non-sacrificial team of people. It will happen happen by a group of people that are sacrificing, will happen by people who are wholehearted. And what you might not have figured out at this point in your life, but I will share with you at, the, at, at my age of 48, I figured this out, that nothing satisfies but living for God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength. There is no satisfaction that comes in money. There is no satisfaction that comes at the end of a, a relationship, ultimately. Really, there's a hole in the middle of your life that only Jesus can fill, and Jesus can satisfy. And once you get that settled, once you get it settled in your heart that you were created to worship Him, that you were created to love Him, that you were created to live for Him, that He's the one that made you, and He's the one that'll bring about the plan for your life, once you settle that, then it's, it's a lot easier to be devoted. And you have a revelation of what he did actually to graft you in, to have all your sin wiped out, thrown as far as the east is from the west. Devotion to God brings satisfaction. Half-stepping carnal Christianity brings torment. And it doesn't do anything but give Christians a bad name. Christian means Christ-like. And there's a lot of people that are calling themselves Christians when in fact they should change their name. David's kingdom was established by, yes, David and yes, the hand of the Lord, but by a group of devoted people. I'm so thankful to co-labor with you and the Lord and a group of devoted people. I'm thankful for the goodness towards us. As we look at this text... Joshab Beshabeth killed 800 in one encounter. In one encounter, killed 800 people. Just a sword in his hand. <laughs> wow. Eleazar, the son of Doadai, so committed the fighting that his sword actually froze in his hand. Shaman, a field of lentils. It's a picture of the harvest being totally ripe. See, there are some things that you ought to fight over. You know, all you mothers, you mamas that are praying for your kids, don't you ever quit praying for your children. Don't you ever throw in the towel. 
Don't you ever quit. In my family, we've been saying it for so many years, Brackens don't quit. Quit is a four-letter word, I think. Is it? Okay, good. I can't spell too good. It's a curse word. We just don't believe in quitting. Don't quit. Don't quit praying. Don't quit giving. Don't quit serving. Serve God with all your heart. Be devoted. Everybody say, be devoted. Shama defended a field against the bands of Philistines. Shama means there. Jehovah Shama means God is there, is the present God. Verse 16, he, he breaks through the camp of the Philistines. They, they go on these three. They broke through the camp of the Philistines to get water from Bethlehem because they heard their, their king, their David. They so honored him and so respected him that they wanted to encourage him that they decided, you know what, let's go get the water. And they broke through the camp and risked life and limb. What does it mean to be devoted? What does it mean to be a devoted group of believers towards a cause? I think the first thing from this is, you'll notice that there are those that retreated. The name of the game in spiritual warfare, it's a quote from Dr. Morocco, it's worth writing down. The name of the game in spiritual warfare is intimidation. Do not be intimidated. Don't be intimidated by the task. Don't be intimidated by the antics of the enemy. Don't be intimidated by the size of the army. Don't be intimidated by the size of the giant. Let your giant prophesy to you. I mean, why would the devil put such an obstacle in front of you if there wasn't some serious treasure on the other side of that? Think differently with a head that big you can't miss. Think differently. You don't be intimidated. Come on, somebody say, don't be intimidated. He was so committed that it, to victory that he faced 800 and didn't shrink back. One of David's mighty men. Don't be intimidated by the task that's before you in your marriage. Maybe your husband's not saved. Maybe your wife's not saved. You pray. You fast. You believe. You decree. You proclaim. You stand with others. And you'll see victory in your life. I've found many times when I've prayed for situations to change, God does it through me. He changes me. My ugly black heart, he comes and he changes me. And all of a sudden, I'm different, which is changes them. Don't be intimidated by your job. Don't be intimidated by your unsaved family. You know, intimidation, I, I'm just, I don't know, sort of the way the Lord wired me up. Somebody tries to intimidate us before his way I was before I got saved. It's definitely how I am now. You see a good fight, get in it. Amen. I mean, you know, somebody tries to intimidate you, I just move a little closer. You know what I mean? Sometimes it didn't work out so good, but in the Lord, it always works good if he's with you. Everybody say, don't be intimidated. You fight on when others leave. There will people that will leave. There will people that will get offended. In fact, I've noticed at every juncture that we've started the new church, there's people that say, ha, that's like, don't you think a hundred's enough? Don't you think that we should just hold up now? I mean, th this happens at every juncture that we move forward to plant new extensions. There's somebody that says, I just, this is too much. This is too many offerings. It's too much giving. It's too much prayer. It's just too much. Give me a break. Can't you just, can, just 
Contend for your town. Can't you just be a small local church? There is nothing wrong with being a small local church. The average church in America is about 50 people. Thank God for the body of Christ. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. There's only one thing wrong with it. If God told you to do something else, then there's something wrong with it. And when God speaks to you to do something, you had best do it. You you best just obey. And at every juncture, I'm found in steps of faith. Man, like I said, your flesh hates sacrifice. What was it about Abraham who could live in the wilderness? He could live there for, what is it, 21 years before he saw his breakthrough and his miracle? And yet Lot, veiled one, that's what it means. He couldn't see. He heard about the promise from, from Uncle Abraham, but Lot couldn't see. He didn't have vision. He couldn't see. And what ended up happening is he looked with his natural eyes and ended up down by Sodom and Gomorrah in the well-watered valley. How many of you know that didn't work out too good? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It didn't work out too well for him. In fact, he lost everything. But Abraham, year after year, Brought his fears to God. Everywhere you see Abraham go, he built an altar. He built an altar. You have to constantly be building an altar. You have to constantly build an altar before the Lord in your home. What do you mean build an altar? We've talked about family altars and, I don't know, these little cornball names like family devotions. You know, it's just a little corny. It's gotten corny, but the truth is, man, you better have time when God comes in your house. You better have a time when you get together with your beautiful children. You lay hands on them. You pray for your wife. You pray for your husband. You have to have a time where you have an altar before the Lord and you bring your fears to him. Listen, your kids ought to hear you praying for what you're believing for. There's different levels of that. I've known parents that have given their kids, you know, I mean, I've, got, I've got suitcases that are, you know, well, it's 50 pounds. I know exactly how to pack a suitcase. I get it within about a pound every time without getting on a scale. I just can... It's 50 pounds, right? There's some people that want their three-year-old to carry a 50-pound suitcase. I'm going to tell you, a three-year-old cannot carry a 50-pound suitcase. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you that you need to share with your kids the burden of what you're going through, but you don't put the whole weight of the suitcase on a, th- on a three-year-old. You understand? The kids can handle it at different levels. And they, you grow up, but they have, to, they have to feel the weight, the appropriate weight, of what's, what you're going through in your family. In other words, if you're totally broke and you're looking at losing your home and you don't have any food, how, how many of you know you should probably not share that with a kid that can't handle it? They get them all fear and afraid. No, man, God's going to provide for you as long as you're tithing. If you're not, then you're going to be broke. Amen. And you can, you're cursed. Amen. <laughs> how many of you want to be cursed? Just raise your hand. How many of you want to be blessed? Yeah, you got to do it God's way. David became king because there was a group of people that were totally devoted to seeing that come about. I'm totally devoted to what we're doing. I've given my life to it. And I know many of you have as well. My staff, the same thing. Nobody's here for a job. There's, a, there's somebody here that's doing what they're doing because they're trying to, you know, they just need a job. They're going to come work for the church. Well, you'll never get hired here. We just don't hire people that are looking for jobs. Why? Because that's called a hireling. Hello? All right, praise the Lord. In fact, we have sort of a Nebuchadnezzar school of ministry. <laughs> so you come on, we throw you in the furnace. If the fourth man shows up, we know you're called, and it's all good. Praise God. 
Do you come out and you don't smell like smoke? Like Pastor Alex, amen. Sister Betzel, hallelujah. Fight on when others leave. Everybody say fight on. Fight on when others leave. Learn to enjoy it. What do you mean? I love the one quote, I didn't come for the robe, I didn't come for the ring, I didn't come for the accolades of man or a pat on the back. I didn't come for a check or for money. I came for the fight. Fight on. The other side of the fight is victory. Now, we've already won. We fight from a place of victory. We're not fighting for victory. We already have it. It's, it's different. D-Day and V-Day. How many of you know what D-Day is? D-Day and V-Day. D-Day was when the war was actually won. However, more lives, talking about World War II history, in D-Day, they say the war was won on D-Day, but there was more lives lost between D-Day and V-Day. They actually closed the war, but if we didn't have D-Day, we wouldn't have had a V-Day. What are you saying? I'm saying that Jesus was crucified on the cross, rose again from the grave. He's defeated hell and death in the grave, but you still need to enforce it. You need to still rise up and declare and be devoted to the Lord, but devoted to the Word of God, devoted to the vision, devoted to what God's called you to, and then He'll bring you through. Man, there's lots of battles, but you come from a place, you fight from a place of authority and victory. It's totally different. It doesn't matter whatever the enemy might do to you, you still win. What if he kills you? You go to heaven. You take away somebody's fear of man, you take away the fear of death, you make a very dangerous person. And I will tell you, it's time for Christianity to return to that, to a militant devotion that says, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I'm going to obey God. You'll see miracles. Can you say amen? amen? Fight on when others leave. Clench the sword in your hand so hard that you become one with it. It reminds me of Ephesians chapter 6, the sword of the Spirit. It's a picture of knowing the Word. If you don't have you stand up right now and quote the amount of word that you have memorized, I'd probably weep because I take that very personally. And if you're not memorizing the word, meaning that if you don't know the word, I take it as a personal affront to me being a pastor to you. Learn the word. Memorize it. Get it down in the city of your soul. Learn it. Know it. Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in your heart, in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. You've got to know the word. If you don't know the word, then when the enemy comes, you're just going to be creamed. This mighty man of David clinched a sword so tight and fought so hard that he couldn't even let it go. Some of you do not know what it is to fight with the sword of the word, and some of you do. Those of you that have won battles and overcome tremendous obstacles in your life, you know what it is to fight with the Word. You've got to learn to speak the Word, declare the Word. God stands over it to see it performed. He's not standing over your opinion. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. He stands over His Word. So when you speak His Word, diastomai, double-edged sword, is the Greek word diastomai, die, everybody roll the dice, Anybody heard about rolling dice? Die, two. It means two. Stomai's mouth. So the word for double-edged sword is double mouth. That's exactly right. And the picture is this, and I've taught it to you before, but when God's word comes out of his mouth, it has one edge on it. And when it comes out of your mouth, it has two. And it takes the head off of things. There's something about the word of God. There's something about declaring, proclaiming the word. If you're in a battle, and I think every one of us is, come on, bump your neighbor and say, you're in a battle, dude. Now, you will not win without the Word of God. 
Psalm 33. Turn there if you would. It's been highlighted for me over the past couple days. Hallelujah. Psalm 33. Hallelujah. 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 Psalm 33, verse 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for the praise of the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody in your heart with the instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with shouts of joy. For the word of the Lord is right, and all of his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. So when God gives you a word, do you think it can change things? Oh, yes, it can. Oh, yes, it can. It can change things. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Oh, my goodness. Verse 7, he gathers the waters and the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke. He what? He spoke. He what? He spoke, and it was done. And I want to tell you, as it says in Job, if you'll learn to speak the word, you'll learn to decree things, you'll see it change. The problem is we're speaking the devil's language far too often, and we miss out on victory. Okay, don't mind me if I get excited for a second. Hallelujah. Verse 10. I think. Verse 9. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the council of nations to nada. That's Spanish. Nada. Nothing. I'm practicing my Spanish as we're heading to South America just shortly. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Do you know that there's a council before the throne of God right now? There is a council before the, the throne. There are judgments that are released before the throne. Do you know that? Do you, do, you, do you all know that? Do you know that you can boldly come before the throne of grace and find uh, the throne of grace and find help in time of need? Do you know that? Hebrews talks about that. So you can actually come before the Lord and plead your case, plead your cause before him, and he will move, make decrees, and release peals of thunder and lightning in answer to your prayer. Do you know that your intercession can make a difference before the throne? So when a judgment comes by some worldly king or by some nation or by some, by some ruler, even that which comes from darkness, you can stand before God and say, No, God, you said you'll rebuke the devourer. God, you said you'll open up windows of heaven. Lord, you said by your stripes I am healed Lord you said I stand on your word Lord and you can decree that and he says that's right <laughs> signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word 
You see, the picture of signs and wonders following the preaching is a picture of, of, a, of a courtroom and you as, as an intercessor, as a child of God, brought out of the kingdom of darkness, you stand in a courtroom and you say, God, I stand here. Your word says thus and thus and this and that. Is that right? And the father says, that's right. And, and, and then, boom, there's, that's right. Here's, the, here's the, the witness of that. Bang. Miracles. Say, how come I don't see more miracles? Because I have more people wielding the sword. Well, you missed a great place to say amen. Blessed is the nation, verse 12, whose God is the Lord's, the people he's chosen in inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven and he sees all the sons of men from the place of his dwelling and looks on the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. I love that. Do you know that you're different than me? Do you know that you're different than the person sitting next to you? Do you know that God has fashioned your heart? He has made you as an individual, unique in design. No same fingerprints. Your eyes are different. You think differently. Your heart is individually fashioned by the Lord Almighty. There's no one snowflake that's the same. And there's no two people that are the same. You are divine original and you're the best you that was ever made. So just rejoice. No king is saved by a multitude of an army and mighty men is delivered, is not delivered by a great strength. A horse is in vain, is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. We must be devoted in this hour. And I challenge you tonight as I begin to bring this to a close. Are you devoted? How's your, how's your level of devotion? Some retreated, but one of David's mighty men, he, he did, I can't pronounce his name anyway, but he didn't retreat. People will run, people will turn, people will yield to their flesh, people will go into the world headlong into sin and wonder why you don't join in with them. We are not of that type. We are devoted. We are devoted. We are committed to seeing God's kingdom even established in the earth while we wait for his soon coming and his soon return. You clench the sword. Get, it, get the word deep down in your soul. Memorize it. Challenge yourself. Teach your kids the word of God. You don't teach your kids to obey that if they disobey, you don't teach them that if they disobey, then they're going to get in trouble and then they obey you because they don't want to get in trouble. That is a big, fat mistake. What are you talking about? Shouldn't I discipline and train my kids? Oh, absolutely. Spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, I, this is a true story. friend of mine, all his kids are just gone wild, drug addicts. They're, some, in, some are in prison. He's older now. We're talking about raising kids. A friend of mine, this guy says to him, this is true. This is a true story. He said, I don't believe that Bible stuff. It's a bunch of bunk. He said, but I, I raised my kids just, I read the word and I raised my kids. It didn't work. He's just like, what are you talking about? He says, well, for instance, spare the rod, spoil the child. So I did that. I never spanked him. I gave him everything I could. What? <laughs> he spoiled his kids and never disciplined him. And he ended up with a bunch of hellions. And I'm going to tell you, you have a nation running about, running around with a bunch of rebellious, back-talking, dishonoring kids. And I will tell you, the reason is not because it's the kids' fault. Kids are the same. Kids, foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, and we love them. Amen. We love them. 
consequences help train children. And if you never give consequences, look, some of you, I'm not, you know, maybe not here, okay? There's some people, they're, they're adult children because they've never had consequences. They never, they never had their feet held to the fire. And they wonder why they can't ever follow through. They can't ever fulfill the dreams. They've, you know, just, they're just little rebellious 50-year-olds. Need a good spanking. Come on, smile at me, praise God. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to go to another level of devotion. Say, keep your eyes on the harvest and fight for it. Fight. There's souls are worth fighting for. See, what does that look like? It looks like when, you're, when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and you know that prayer is here at 5.30 or maybe it goes off at 6.30 you know we got prayer here at 7. It means going, oh God, I'm going to fight for the harvest because prayer makes a difference and you force your carcass out of bed. And you come down and you pray. You get, you get on Skype and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to the website, KC Alaska. You can roll out, you can put it on your phone. Come on, on vacation, I've put my phone on Skype and lie in my hotel bed. Hallelujah, yes, God. Yes, as Pastor Alex prays down the fire. Yes, Lord. Be committed to prayer. Be committed to the things that make a difference. Be committed to giving. Be committed to living holy. Be committed. Be devoted. Be devoted. Fight for the harvest. Now... I'd be amiss if I didn't mention this in verse 10 and verse 12. It says, the Lord, who the Lord, who the Lord brought about a great victory. We fight with God, all right? It's not up to you. It's us moving forward, devoted to him, but he fights along with us. And it's God who brings the victory. Can you say, say amen? Keep in mind your devotions, an act of worship. It's an act of worship, the way that you live. Worship is not so much songs on a screen or singing in the Spirit as much as I enjoy that. Worship is, is when you don't feel like singing. When you don't feel like doing the right thing, you do it anyway because it's an act of worship. And you just say, man, I'm devoted to you, God. Considering what you've done, a reasonable thing for me is to, is to crucify my flesh. It's to tell the truth. Live for you. Corporately, we're moving forward to the 120. I believe we can make it. I've been a part of many goals and plans, sports teams, even companies, some of which I've reached. We've reached them. It's wonderful when you reach them. I think one of the great memories of my life is playing on a championship lacrosse team. We were devoted. And I'm glad to be playing on a championship team now. It's different. But to just give you the sports illustration and then I'll close. Anybody know what lacrosse is? It's a North American game, North American, Native American game. And my dad put a lacrosse stick in my hand when I was three years old. And we started throwing a ball around from the time I was three. I got into high school and, and uh, I was a part of a team that there was a tri-state championship team. It was Connecticut, New York, and Massachusetts. They had a history of being champions. Our coach was ruthless. He was a ruthless, devoted, committed taskmaster to make the best come out of every individual on that team. We would run until we could run no more. 
We would train until we couldn't walk. And we got stronger week after week in the early season. We even weren't, we were really, my, my season, the, the, when we won the year we won, I will tell you, I'll, I'll never forget that game. I'll never forget that last game, championship game. They, we were outskilled. They were better. They were, their, their team was twice the size of ours. We, they, their skills were far exceeded. We used to sleep with our lacrosse stick. We could play as good with our left as we could with our right. We were totally committed. Any spare time we had, we we're out in the courtyard throwing the ball back and forth. I would, every spare minute I had away from my studies, I would practice my shot to get a pinpoint accuracy. That's what it takes to be a champion. You all know that, right? And that last game, we were going to lose. But we didn't have lose in us. There was no such thing as losing. And in the fourth quarter, we hit them and hurt them and pounded them into the ground physically. We were in such good physical condition that we couldn't help but win the game at the end. And we won simply because all of their starting guys, not that we tried to physically hurt people, but I mean, you hit somebody hard, you're playing hard. We ended up winning simply because we were prepared, because we were devoted in all those months before that. It wasn't our skill or our talent. I wish we had known the Lord together as a team because we were a band of brothers, man, that just could not be stopped. I believe that God is bringing that. I believe that God is bringing a band of brothers just like David. David was made king because there's a group of people that were totally devoted. I believe that the Lord is raising up an army of devoted people who say yes to him, yes to his word, to pray, to fast, to give, to, to move forward. Why? So we could see his kingdom come and America turn. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, won't you? Can you sing some devotion song? <laughs> Pastor Alex, I love you. The Lord is going to put a brand new mantle upon you even as you get up on the airplane and you fly across the earth. And you go to that place that's near and dear even to your own heart. There is a new mantle that will come upon you and upon your family here. You will feel it, you will sense it, and it will be real. You will put your hand to things and all of a sudden you're going to see it change. You're going to make some decrees and, and make some proclamations and prophesy the word of the Lord. You're going to become like another man under the power of the anointing and it will not lift. You'll return. That anointing will be upon you. This is different than any other trip you've ever taken. You've sensed it, you feel it, you've prepared your heart. God's going to use you in a mighty way. When you come back, our youth group is going to double. Our youth group will double in size. And, and, and you're going to see a great rise of prayer even coming from the youth. You'll reach 100 kids. In fact, I think it's too small, but let's hit that first. It's been prophesied to us. Cindy Jacobs prophesied that you build that youth facility. Come on, we're going to see something happen around here. Does anybody else with me? You believe? Come on, would you believe with us? Come on, just check yourself now. Check the level of devotion that you have. Come on, check yourself before the Lord. Lord, we examine our hearts. We ask you to examine our hearts. Lord, so you would show us a place where perhaps we're not wielding or holding on to the sword of the word like we should. Lord, forgive us for prayerlessness. Forgive us, God, for where we've not memorized Scripture and, and done our part. Lord, if we do our part, you will do yours. You won't do our part. You require us to do that. And Lord, we commend 
to be wholly devoted to you. We commit to be wholly devoted to you and the cause of expanding your kingdom. Come on, Pastor Alex, you lead us. Freedom I will live. Your freedom. Oh, in your freedom I will live. In your freedom I will live. Cause I offer devotion. Gonna live for you. Devoted to you, Lord. sing and as we continue to sing if you know that you need to go to another level of devotion I invite you to come we're just going to say God we're going deeper in you deeper in prayer deeper in the word deeper we're going to go deeper amen all right come on let's sing if that's you respond and we'll close in prayer all together Less of us, you might increase in your freedom. Lord, forgive us at times when we've turned and run, retreated, 
And Lord, we commit ourselves to be a people strengthened by your spirit, never retreating from that which you have called us to. I thank you that you have raised up even a company of devoted people here among us, and you're adding to our ranks. Lord, I thank you that across the nation, across the state, even across the world, Lord, there are people that are not going to yield to the tyrants, to the rulers even of darkness, but are wholly devoted and committed to you. Lord, as Caleb said, give me my mountain. God, we say that. Give us our mountain. Help us, Lord, in every age. For even from the children, Lord, within us, there would be a sense of honor and dignity and devotion to you, first and foremost, as well as to each other. We'd love you with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and strength, and we would love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we are devoted to you because you redeemed us, you purchased us. We are your peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. The Word of God says that no soldier has anything to do with civilian affairs. The picture is that if you're wholly devoted to God, you're not going to be messing around with the things of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Shake free of that. It'll never satisfy you. It'll never bring you what you're really looking for, ever. Never. Come on, sing it one more time. Make it to prayer to God. In your freedom, I will live. Come on, lift your voice. In your freedom, I will live. If you're here and you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity and never close a service without giving an opportunity to get right with Jesus. If that's you, you're here online or in the sanctuary and you need to get right with God, won't you just pray this prayer right out loud?
Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. And thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd fill and touch and bless each and every one here and those online. Those listening by podcast. God, you touch and fill and use us to the furtherance of your kingdom. Thank you for what you've done today in celebration of the anniversary of this church here in Alaska. Celebration and commitment and devotion to you and to the vision of the house. We thank you for the privilege we have to even suffer at times for you, which is nothing considering what you've done for us. We love you. We bless you. Now, Father, I ask that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, and be gracious to them, keep them, and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you when we return from Chile. Don't miss Wednesday. Pastor Vince Vincent going to be bringing it next Sunday morning in all our services, Sunday afternoon as well as Sunday night. Jonathan Shuttlesworth is going to be preaching and flowing in miracles. Tremendous, tremendous evangelist. You invite people. It's going to be glorious. God bless you. Keep us in prayer as we go to Chile and my families as they stay behind. God bless you. Praise God. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. One more thing. Minister Chris, would you come? I'm so sorry. I got all carried away in my devotion message. Minister Chris is new. Come on up here. He's new to us, but he's been on staff for about seven years at KC. He's been over in Dallas. And we got some cake just to kind of a meet and greet and celebrate. So you just hang out, have some fellowship, won't you? And uh, make sure you meet Minister Chris. Father, thank you for bringing our brother here. Lord, you'd use him powerfully. I thank you for the King's Kids and our children's ministry and moving that forward and tremendous release of your power, even a pumpkin patch and all that you're going to do in and through his ministry here in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. All right. Make sure you meet him. Say hi. Minister Chris, we're blessed you're here. Praise God. Stick around. Have some cake. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.